Yes, you do. Come on inside and get some today. I was I was off to a rather calm day. And then Denton Day at the end of the Kevin Sheehan show decides to play a Pat Summerall narrated open to Redskins Giants. Goosebumps the size of softballs. I'm ready to play some football right now. Come on in, Phil Sims. Come and get some of 72 and 71. Manly and man, get ready to check your manhood, Phil Sims. Quarterback from where? No, not Alabama. Do you know where he was from, Chris Russell? You remember where Phil Sims played his collegiate football? Yeah. Moorhead yes, State. Yes, indeedy. How about that? How and about that nugget of information? He wasn't at one of the P5 powers. He was at Moorhead State. Yeah, it's amazing how sometimes successful players like, oh, I don't know, Phil Sims would be one. Jerry Rice would be another. Mississippi Valley State. Um, that play at smaller schools. Michael Strahan, another. Steve, Texas Southern, I believe it yep. was. Steve McNair. Steve McNair. Alcorn. Yes. How you can actually be successful, right? How about that? I mean, Doug Williams. Doug Williams played for the great Eddie Robinson at go. Grambling. You can actually be successful. Walter Payton, Jackson State there University. Coming which, out of a small school. Which, quite frankly, is enjoying its most publicity mm-hmm. since probably Walter Payton. Yeah. But uh, until Deion Sanders leaves on Sunday. We'll see. We will see. I mean, he's out of there. I mean, not that he not that he doesn't want to be there, but how do you turn down the money, the opportunity, the bigger stage at well, Cincinnati, here's the thing. Colorado? The only job, I mean... I would pass on Colorado because I can't compete if I'm Colorado with where the Pac-12 is. Well, you know what, though? Let me rephrase that because USC is leaving. Yeah, I was going to say. USC and UCLA are leaving. So I guess you could. Colorado's been good before. In the 90s, Joe and I talked about this on our It's College Football podcast this past week about they won like 11 games six years out of like 10 under McCartney, yeah. Neuheisel, and then it all went completely off mm-hmm. track. They won a co-national championship. And, of course, the great Michael Westbrook uh, played for Washington, came from I mean, there. Yeah, there was a time so, where Colorado football uh, was enormous. I mean, Colo- yeah, Colo- but Colorado and Nebraska was one of the biggest games of the year every year. No question. No Ever? question. And so they, you can build that thing again. It's, it's doable. Boulder's a great place. Yeah. Um, question is, how much NIL are you going to be able to, I don't know. to to get through at Colorado? Now, if I'm if I'm Dion though, that see, I, as I told you, I think Sanders eventually ends up in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. But if I'm him, in the order in which those jobs are open, I go Cincinnati first, South Florida second, and Colorado third. That would be just me because. I, I would go can, Colorado ahead of South Florida, but I understand what where you're coming Colorado, from. Colorado, you might Florida. be able to make a few more bucks, but I think yeah. he could win at South Florida. I think so too. with the co- talent in that state, and then he could probably parlay that into yeah. either the Power Five or right. eventually into the National Football League. And and I've watched Dion as a coach because I know a lot of you are skeptical. Dion's done a hell of a job as a football coach. He's really done a phenomenal job, and. His ability to recruit, but more importantly, his ability to teach and his staff's ability to teach. You know who his defensive coordinator is? Defensive coordinator is former Dallas Cowboy Dennis Thurman, 
I didn't know former that. Former USC okay. Trojan. All right. Former Trojan. I'm sure Doc Walker has some fond memories of Dennis Thurman. But the, Dennis Thurman is his defensive coordinator. And, and what Dion has been able to accomplish there, mm-hmm. not only with recruiting student-athletes, here's the one thing. HBCUs historically have gotten their butts kicked in the FCS playoffs in years gone by. There was a couple of years ago, A&T had back-to-back years where they had incredible football teams. I would have loved to have seen them participate in the playoffs. I'd love to see this Jackson State team play in the playoffs because I think they'd give all of these teams a hell of a run uh, this year. Uh, but you know, I understand the politics of playing, you know, SWAC championship game this week, and then the Celebration Bowl because I think both schools are promised a million dollars each, and that's just money you can't um, you can't turn down if your school's in those situations. They need those dollars bad. But I'd love to see this Jackson State team play in the FCS playoffs because I think they would give those teams hell uh, out there. And you're going to see a lot of guys off of this team right now that end up in the National Football Leagues. Keep your eyes open uh, on those prospects from Jackson State. Now, Chris sent me some fabulous show topics today, and he he hit upon something that I thought was incredibly timely and important as it pertains to this Washington Commanders team heading into the matchup with the Giants coming up this weekend, and we'll get into this coming up during the course of the show. When we talk about importance of players on this roster right now, we had an idea coming into the season before the shooting that Brian Robinson was going to be a pretty significant contributor to this football team. This past week, though, I think his importance to the football team took a step forward mm-hmm. here for Washington. And when we rank the importance of guys on this football team right now, I think when you have that discussion of the top three, top five players in terms of importance to this football team right now, I believe Brian Robinson Jr. now is firmly in that conversation based on what they're doing, how they're doing it, and the level, of course, of winning that's going on right now with this football team. And I think that'll be something interesting to get into with the fans to see if they agree as to, you know, Who's the? Who are the most important guys? Who are the guys that on Sunday you can't go into a game without right now and, and feel that you're going to walk out of the building with a win on Sunday? Teams won six of seven, percolating right along right now, chance to get to eight and five this week. I'm with you and Sheehan. I think it's a, I think it's a lower scoring game. I think Sly Guy kicks nine field goals and they win – you know, 27 to 17, even though that doesn't sound low scoring on the, and I say it kind of facetiously, mm-hmm. but their inability to finish in the red zone means you can get some Sly guy. Could be 12-6. You know, it could be Joey Sly versus Graham Gano coming up this week. Graham Gano, by the way, still rooting balls out. Like if those two had a kickoff, like if we had a tie game at the end of overtime and we had to go to field goals mm-hmm. to try and win it, Sly and Gano both making it from 60. You'd have to start at 60 and move in, or, or ha- like a shootout. Yeah. We could start at 30 and move out. I don't care how you want to do it. You know who I'm meeting up with on Sunday I'm afternoon? I'm going to guess G squared, yeah. number five my in guy. your program. That's my guy. G squared. I love Graham Gano. Graham Gano. He's one of my favorites. You're amazing this year. You've been able to meet up with a lot of players. I have. That's pretty cool. I mean, there's been a lot of players that I covered and coaches 
that have come in and out of here and been washed out in the laundry and have gone on to success elsewhere. Think about that, though. You've outlived all of them here in D.C. <sighs> I have, which is pretty pathetic. How about that? You've outlasted a lot of those guys. Speaking of outlasting, Seattle outlasted Washington last night. Kraken got Kraken seven seconds mm. into overtime, beat the Capitals by a count of three to two last night. I fell night. asleep in the third period. I couldn't make it. So I was doing my high school federation referee test, so I was up uh, watching that. I was watching college hoops and everything that was on I last night. I saw you tweeting about like Utah men's basketball. Smoked Arizona last but night. How do you know anything about Utah by men's the way, basketball? By the way, would you like to go back on that trail of tweets and see who liked my tweet? Utah men's basketball said Guerrero. We appreciate you shouting us out last but, night. That's that's awesome. I'm I'm really happy for you. And but I love Mick Cronin. I love Mick Cronin, the UCLA coach. Okay. I'm watching UCLA run Stanford off the court I last mean, night. Mick Cronin's a little bit different. How do you I, like? My question is, is like that would be like me saying, "Great win for Montana State." I don't know anything about Montana State. How do you know anything about Utah? Because how? I, because I With watch games. Eighteen thousand jobs. How do you know anything about Utah? Got home. Last night, after broadening the Navy women in UMES, I sat down, put my computer at the desk, and I started watching. I turned it on. You know what I? You know what I found out last night? I, I go racing home so I can watch the second half of Bills Patriots, and I realized, oh wait, a what minute. a snooze fest! That I was like, was. oh wait a minute, it's not on my TV. No, that's correct. That's <laughs> I was like, correct. oh, it's not on my TV. So I, I brought up Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on uh, my SiriusXM app, so I could listen to it while I was doing my Federation test and watching. Uh, Watching basketball and the Capitals flipping back and forth last night, Chris. It's real easy. I mean, well, I had the Capitals all, on the TV. I had the uh, you all the, the Bills Patriots the on the phone. It's really just a matter of turning on your television every day, and you can find a game that's on. Like I told you last Saturday night, <laughs> last Saturday night, one in the morning, I'm watching Southeast Missouri State in Montana because at some point I know, at some point I know, somebody on one of those teams is going to end up either getting drafted or in a camp that ends up making a difference. And I want to have some familiarity with some of the some of the the players on those teams because those are good FCS teams. Good FCS teams are going to uh, have some guys that end up either at the combine or in some camps. Uh, and it was a hell of a comeback. Montana was down twenty four three with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, and it went in the game thirty five twenty four. So it was well worth the entertainment value to stay up uh, and watch the game last week. But that's what that's what scouts do. That's what some coaches do. You know, if there's a game on. You know, right now, especially with the transfer portal, if there's a game on it, behooves a recruiting coordinator to watch the game because there could be a guy in that game that ends up in the portal that could end up helping your team, whether it's basketball, sure. or it's football, or any other sport. But no, I, I get that. So, I, I'm just I'm wondering now. I know you didn't do uh, Rosecroft last night, right? I had to because do basketball you had another instead. obligation. Yep. I, I just like, I mean, at some point, like at eleven o'clock at night, if the Capitals aren't playing, and I fell asleep at, I don't know, 11.30 or whatever it was. At 11 o'clock at night, if, like, a game that I don't have to watch for this show is not on, I'm watching Guy Fury. I'm watching, like, something mindless entertain me. You know, like WWE. Well, I mean, or, I watch or, or I mean, whatever. I, I can't yeah, like my, focus my, as much as my you non-sports do. vice is Gold Rush. That comes on on Friday nights, eight o'clock. So that that's my non-sports. That and Young and the Restless, which I DVR every day. So those are my two non-sports vices. I forgot you DVR Young and the Restless. Yeah, love, love the Young and the Restless. <laughs> I forgot about. You know, they're trying to railroad my girl Diane oh. out of town, out of Genoa City right now, and you know, so wait, Genoa Salami or no. Genoa City? <laughs> Genoa City. 
G-E-N-O-A. I know Genoa salami. Yeah. I don't know anything about Genoa. Well, they're trying to turn my girl Diane into salami right now yeah. and get her out of town, slice her up. But, um, Carve you know, we'll her up. Carve her but up. But, you know, the, the the fact remains is, you know, as we, we, you know, we talk about commanders and giants coming up this week. The, the level of importance now and the focus and, and maturity check for Washington, really. You know, you're the favorite team now. You're the you're the team that's being the hunted as opposed mm-hmm. to being the hunter. And now we start to get into, you know, how do you handle this? Plus, you got more key injuries this week. Sneaky key injuries here that could hamper uh, Washington in terms of the, the scoring production yeah. uh, this week. Both teams, right? Yeah. I mean, the giant list is – I mean, the giant injury list. Now, granted, some of those guys that were on that list – yesterday are going to play but you you list them anyway because they're right. they've been hurt or they're going to be probable or whatever well what was curious when i was looking at that injury report which is a mile long i, I don't know if you noticed this uh or, or i don't know if you saw the actual full injury report mm-hmm. the i saw the page unless i read it wrong and I, I don't think i did and i'm looking at it now just to double check the giants didn't even practice on thursday yeah which was crazy. Really weird. Now, again, you have a ton of injuries. It's later in the year. Understandably, it's hard to practice. And, and you talk to any coach, you talk to any coaching staff, they say, you know, look, in December, you, you're just trying to get your guys healthy and mentally prepared as much as it is physically prepared. So maybe it's not shocking, but Brian Dable must have said, look, we've got so many freaking injuries. Mm-hmm. And so many beat up bodies that our guys would benefit more from the again mental preparation. So they, and the reason why I know this, I didn't even read this out of New York, is because on the official injury report they do a double star and they said the team did not practice today. The report is an estimation, so they estimate what guys would have done, would have not done, because they have to report that to the league, right? So again, we're we're kind of going based off of a presumption, but I, I mean that's pretty close. And that's Brian, by the way, trusting his football team to get into the mental preparation more. Right. Plus at this time Do you think time, that helps a team? Here's uh, or, yes. or maybe hurts I will a say team. let me let me explain it to you this way. Based on conversations I've had about coaches with rest and recovery. And remember, if you got a ton of dudes out, you know, if you don't have the right people available to to practice, I'm not sure how much you get out of it outside of doing some skill work right. if you're the quarterbacks throwing obviously uh, in a situation, get just to get some guys limbered up, whatever you know. Coaches will talk about that. They you know get the lactic acid moving around, all that other stuff. You burn that off. But outside well, you can of do your, that with a workout, too, outside right? of your right, outside of your quarterback going out to throw, timing with the receivers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But remember, they their receivers, they're yeah. receiving cores. <laughs> it's and, very and short. Darius Slayton was listed again as a DNP yesterday right. with an illness, so they yeah. wouldn't have even had him. Right. So we, we, as we talked about throughout the week, they don't have anybody else. If you're Dable and you're looking at this, going, yeah. wait a minute, I don't have seventy percent of the people right. I need to have a a a. Worthy practice, right? And I've got John, I got Washington, Philadelphia, and Washington coming up back to back to back weeks, and I'm trying to stay in this NFC NFC Wild Card race. At, at hey, at this point, you try anything because mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're doing, particularly offensively, if you don't know what your strengths are at this time of the year and what you do, then 
I, like we say, you may add a you may add a couple of formations or a motion or an extra player or two per week based on who you're playing and how they play. But otherwise, if you're not familiar with what you're doing by this time of the year, then you're probably never going to get it. The ultimate preparation for me is defensively for them against right now what, quite frankly, is a very simplistic Washington offense mm-hmm. outside of the the window dressing with the motions and the the formations. Washington is still running the same stuff. You know right now, 65% of the time, Taylor Heineke's turning around and giving the ball to 8 or 24. Right, but but here's, well, a, a couple of things. And the a, you, and, might and not you have, have to add, I think you're going to have to add Williams into the game absolute, plan this week, big time. I, I mean, especially this week, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. And Williams, he might even be a little bit quicker, just a touch quicker than Brian Robinson. Straight line speed, probably, yes. Right, but... I can't I can't wait to watch that because I don't even know if Antonio Gibson is going to play in this game. Right, based on the injury uh, again, report we, yesterday. Again, we have to wait you, and see what happens today. Yep. Um it's it just interesting how Dable gave his team yesterday off instead of Wednesday if you were going to give it like you would almost think and it almost tells me like that wasn't the plan but when Slayton comes up ill when you got a bunch of other guys that are not able to practice, right? Uh, Shane Lemieux, not Mario Lemieux, mm-hmm. uh, guys like that. Um, Claude Evan Lemieux. Neal, yeah, Claude Lemieux. Uh, you know, um, uh, Pepe Le Pew. Um, <laughs> when you when you when you have, it's just kind of interesting how you would go Wednesday, and then I presume they would practice today. Well, here's the as thing, opposed though. to giving right. them Wednesday off, but maybe that was because literally, maybe because they, I don't know if, how many receivers they would have had. To, like to your point. To get Daniel Jones' timing. Well, who's he going to throw the ball to? Bellinger's right. banged up. Uh, you know, you're obviously trying to preserve Barkley as much as you can. And again, Darius Slayton, among the rest of the other uh, guys, are, it, are all banged up. You're throwing it basically to ball boys and defensive yeah. backs who volunteer so what, as receivers. What purpose does that serve? I think what I happened is, I mean, and and every team is different, but I'm sure Wednesday you probably introduced Washington to your team from a preparation standpoint. So. It's on their laptops. It's on their iPads. So today or Thursday, they could have done mental reps, studying the Washington stuff uh, that's loaded up into the system. And then today you come back uh, in earnest and start preparing again uh, for them. You try to get a little more stuff in physically. I mean, this is the the game has changed dramatically, Chris. I mean, yep. you know, when Summerall's doing that open that we were listening to coming in, you know, daggone well, Parcells and Gibbs that week were probably hitting like crazy, man. They were probably getting their guys dialed up, dialed in, getting in an edge, trying to get them ready for this game. But the game has changed considerably in how we prepare for it now. So I think Dable, trusting his team to do the mental reps yesterday, studying the Washington stuff that's in their system already, and now today you come back and you try to sharpen some things up physically. Certainly you got to get your quarterback on the field uh, to have him throw some so his timing and rhythm stays uh, you know, in place. Uh, getting ready for the game, and then you just have a brief walkthrough on Saturday, and you go play. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's but that's that is trust in the coach into his football team, and Brian Dable and his football team seem to be a very together group based on the way they've played this year. But that's trust that develops, and that's a feel. Brian Dable had to have a feel for the yeah. situation that and his just guys say, are going to take right, like just a say, you know what? day. You know what? If we if we come out here today, we're not going to accomplish right. anything. But remember, they've also they played on Thanksgiving. It's not like they just played on understand. Sunday. Understand, understand. Know? And yet they're still that beat up, and he's giving them now again, like to your point. 
he's got to know, hey, guys, just because you're not on the field today doesn't mean that you're not in the weight room, doesn't mean that you're not, you know, studying film, doesn't mean you're not in the building for eight hours. Ultimately, right? you're so going to find out. off, off. Right. Ultimately, you're going to find out on Sunday whether this risk was, uh, you know, was, I mean, certainly it's high risk. But you're looking for the highest reward, and that's yeah. winning a football game, trying to be as fit as you possibly can. I gotta be honest with you, it worries me. They've from, had from I, a from which perspective? No, it worries me from a commander's perspective that the Giants are gonna be super fresh. That they feel that confident in themselves that they can take a day off in preparation if you're the other I mean, if well, I'm again, if I'm remember Washington, they probably had Monday as well after the Thanksgiving right they they probably gave the players Thanksgiving weekend off right. because they played last Thursday in Dallas the coaches mm-hmm. obviously don't take that time off maybe they took a day whatever they probably had the extra practice day on Monday yeah, but remember, so you got you got iPads and everything you could you start your preparations at home I know but but what I'm know. saying is is it's not like they probably didn't get the requisite amount of practice I uh, maybe this is semantics all I know is the more like I, I think Washington will win this game, but I I, I do not think in if any I'm way, Ron shape, Rivera, or form it'll be easy. If I'm, I'm Ron just Rivera, worried. by the way, you know what I do, <laughs> and I know this is Harry High School stuff, but it's football, and these things happen in football locker rooms. Give his boys the day off. No, today. if I'm Ron Rivera, I tell my football team these guys felt like they didn't have to practice on Thursday yeah. in preparation for you little motivation. They felt like they could take a day off in right. preparation for you. Right. That's how much they disrespect you and what you're doing. I like it. They like didn't it. have to practice on Thursday like because they don't respect you. You shouldn't need that, Chip. You should never it, need that, but if it's If Ron football. wants to play that, I wouldn't every be disappointed. Every football coach, every good one, plays the psychology game. Every one of them. All right, Commanders fans. 301-230-0980. Are you worried that the Giants are taking days off because they think you have them cornered? They think you have them uh they they think they have you cornered and they're on the prowl. They're fresh, they're rested. Yes, they're banged up. They haven't played since Dallas. They played a pretty good first half. They fell apart in the second half. Well, their depth is falling apart. That's why. Absolutely. The Giants are still capable. Saquon, Daniel Jones, they've all played great against the Commanders football team, Redskins organization. Is this is this a quote-unquote trap game, even though it's a division game? 301-230-0980. The Giants didn't even have to feel like they didn't even have to practice yesterday getting set for Washington. If I'm Ron Rivera, I tell that to my football team. And I try to motivate them to go out there and whip some of that giant behind. Because guess what? If the Giants could win this game 27-10, they may never practice on Thursday ever again. 301-230-0980. It's Russell and Medhurst. We're off and running. It's a Friday morning. Let's talk about it. Commanders, Giants, big division game. A chance to get to 8-5 and five right here on the Team 980. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Where tickets are impossible to find. Good one coming up between Ghana and Uruguay to get us started at the World Cup today. Zerting hard for Senegal. They want a thriller with Ecuador. Of course, the U.S. through to take on the Netherlands. Coming up Saturday. 
Christian Pulisic says he will play despite an abdomen that probably felt like a cannon went off. He said he uh, did not get uh, hurt hit in the in junk the, in, in the onion. He in said the my onions. junk is okay. Yeah. So, so maybe it's just a pelvic contusion of a different kind. Well, I mean, you can that I mean, region. You, if you go above it, you're yeah. still in the pelvic region. Right. So, or you could go to the side of it, I suppose. Right. Although that's more considered the groin. But to your question's going to become yeah. ultimately is how effective will he be for you know Team you think, USA? You think he's going to play? Uh, I think he'll be available. I agree. I think maybe he doesn't start. I agree. We'll see how the game goes. Maybe uh, you know Greg Berhalter will put him in. Uh, if necessary, uh, but look, it's it's clearly been one of the youngest uh, at that times, the youngest lineup in the entire World Cup. So, is that a Willis Reed type situation for you? <laughs> it could be for the U.S. Men's National Team fans, who none of them may even know who Willis Reed is. But yes, you're exactly I was right. Say, <laughs> I mean, look, you got to be of a certain hey, age. It's a very talented. I mean, I picked the Netherlands to win the whole thing. It's a very talented team, but if you're like. Zero zero in the 60, 65th minute. Maybe you stick ten out there and and say, "Hey, see if you can give us a lift here." Because mm-hmm. all it takes is one. All it takes is one. And then in the knockout round, of course, somehow you can get it to PKs. You know, I mean, I think it's the worst way on planet Earth to decide a game, especially the magnitude of the World Cup. But hey, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. So be- good luck. Good be- luck to Team USA tomorrow. Before we get back to. Uh, the commanders. Did you see the uh, the numbers I sent you about uh, the soccer ratings? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you want to do that just for a quick aside now before we get yeah sure. Really rolling? Did you see by the way uh, the number one market? Yes. <laughs> well, that's what that's what jumped yeah. out to me. So ba- this is according to front office sports, right? For the U.S. men's national team versus Iran game on Tuesday, again elimination game. Win, you're in. Lose, tie, you're out. USA Iran drew. <laughs> 12 million viewers on Fox, which Mm -hmm. is more if the numbers are accurate, and we know television ratings are just an estimate, okay? But 12 million viewers are way more than they've been getting for Amazon Prime on Thursday night football. Granted, not an over-the-air network channel like Fox is, but as you always point out, local over-the-air in your own market, right? I in Buffalo, New England last night. Anyway, 12 million viewers... But it peaked at 15.6 million viewers during the wa- the match's final minutes. So, you know, let's just say right around 4 o'clock because the game kicked off at 2. The game is coming down to the wire. Maybe people so are like not. Between 345 and yeah, 4 Yeah, maybe o'clock. people are getting home from work. Yep. Re- remember, the, the U.S.-England game last Friday, which the U.S. drew in that game but outplayed England outside of maybe like the final minute or two, drew a 15.4 million number. Okay, uh, but that's Thanksgiving Friday. I, I don't like to call it the term that other people like mm-hmm. to call it. That's Thanksgiving Friday. Almost everybody, including you and I, are off that day. Now, you worked, I worked, you know, we worked our different jobs, but I'm just saying a lot of people are off. That game kicked off at 2 o'clock as well. I uh, Was that a 2 o'clock game? I believe that was a 2 o'clock game. Yeah. I believe it was a 2 o'clock Eastern time game. And they peaked at 15 uh, – I'm sorry, at, at 15 uh, – they drew 15-4. They – so way higher than USA-Iran. But again, remember, Tuesday afternoon versus Thanksgiving Friday, way different. But to your point, the U.S. markets, the U.S. markets, the top markets, 
Number five, Kansas City, where they always show the big crowd at the Power Alley thing or whatever mm-hmm. they do there. They do a nice job uh, supporting Sporting KC and right. MLS. But I wonder if that hurts the ratings. I'm not sure how that gets all metered out and whatever. I don't know because that's a big, that's big, part big of your, party. But that's part of your comment, which is accurate about it. Those ratings are just an estimate. Yes. Uh, but you always see Kansas City for U.S. Women's National Team, for always, mm-hmm. and for U.S. Men's National Team, that power alley thing or whatever the hell they do there. Number four, not too far away from here. Baltimore. There you go. Number three, this surprised me, really surprised me. Big city, not necessarily what I would consider a soccer city. Northeast. Boston. Bingo. New England Revolution, the Kraft family does a great job Fair. supporting New England Revolution up there, though. And, and to your point, neighboring city, next neighboring big city, Providence, mm-hmm. was number two. Wow. Separate TV market, kind of like Baltimore yeah, and Washington, sure. right? So you get Baltimore at four. You get the the double New England tango of Providence at two, Boston at three. Baltimore at four. And you see where we're heading here. Number one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. There you go. Fox 5 must have been loving that number on Tuesday afternoon. We'd love to know how their their local sales. I mean, what a great sales opportunity where you know there's going to be. But it also tells you about just how, you know, how international the flavor is of Washington, D.C., and the surrounding areas. Yeah. Because remember, an area like Howard County is counted in the Baltimore DME. Anne Arundel County, where I live, even though I'm closer to D.C., is considered I mean, Baltimore. I can get to D.C. in 33 minutes. It takes me almost 50 to get to Baltimore, but it's con- all of that is considered Baltimore. So, I mean, I get 2, 11, 13, 45, right. 54. I get all those channels instead of getting... Four, five, seven, and nine. But when you see Baltimore and DC pop in the top mm-hmm. five, and this is again just one event. A, like you said, it speaks to the and by the, the way the tremendous cultural yeah. um, two cities. By the way, that the World Cup decided, yeah, we're not going to bring games. To no, you. <laughs> another interesting point. Now, again, that that could have been because of FedEx Field, but sure. to your point, they didn't they didn't even go to Baltimore. Nope. Now, again, part of that probably that was kind is of a because, belated though know, hail mary. Know. You know, putting Baltimore know. into the situation. So, but, but they didn't go. They didn't go to Providence and Boston either, right? I don't think so. Um, Which, but but I mean again, I mean they they like go. You think look, of Providence and Boston as being more provincial they, and more true, like but they kind go, of closed off. Look, I mean, look. The reason why the World Cup is in you know Cotter is because you follow the money, and well, sure. maybe those other cities just simply bid more. You know, money sure. had better had better bids. Sure. I mean, it, it, that's probably what it comes down to. Yeah. Come, All right. come, I mean, we we're we're offended because we think we're a great area to host, which and obviously with the international population uh, that we have here uh, in the surrounding areas, yeah, we'd be an unbelievable host. Games would sell out, no problem. But maybe the quality of the bid just wasn't up to that's fair. What the other cities? Uh, interesting to note too. Even if the U.S. loses to the Netherlands Saturday, it will earn at least thirteen million dollars. With each advancing though. They would earn a bigger purse if they somehow got to the final match. The runner-up will earn thirty million, mm. and the winner receives forty-two wow. million dollars. And all twenty-three members of the U.S. team take home a ten thousand dollars stipend 
for each game played in the tournament. They've already played three, so they're going to play four here. So that's that's $40,000 per man so far that they will have earned in the tournament. In addition, 90% of the FIFA bonus will be split between the men's team and the women's national team thanks to the equal pay collective bargaining agreement signed this year. So that $13 million that's going to the U.S. Soccer Federation with each round that they advance, that's more money going to all the U.S. soccer players within the program. So even the women are sitting at home going, yeah, let's go, Team USA, come on, win another round. It's going to be tough. Netherlands is good, but 9 o'clock tomorrow morning for uh, that match. Well, that's the pregame show. 10 o'clock is the 10 o'clock for the match, yeah. Right. So so I'll be listening to that driving down the road. There's nothing like listening to soccer driving down the road. That's the football story. The football story is also what we're talking about, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to knock down your calls in just a sec. We see out there... you know, a bunch of the regulars, uh, Jeff in Vienna, uh, Uptown Bo, and then Smitty and Laurel. We see you. We're coming at you on the other side, 301-230-0980. But back to you real quickly, just as a setup, Brian Robinson, is he already in the top five? Think about this. Top five of most important players on the commander's roster. And if not, who is? In your top five. Think about that question. You answer it on the other side. I'll answer it on the other side. Let's go. Yeah, right fascinating. Here. I think it's a fascinating question as it pertains to the team right now and certainly his emergence here of late. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us. Have your opinion heard as we're talking to you, previewing Giants, Commanders coming up. Giants didn't even practice yesterday. They said, you know what? We got Washington. We got them beat. We're not even going to practice today. Of course, we don't have any bodies to practice today. That's also a problem. Need players to practice. 301-230-0980 streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. You know what time it is. All right, we were just talking about the World Cup and the U.S. men's national team getting set for the Netherlands tomorrow at 10 a.m. Greg Berhalter, the, of course, men's national team manager, who's been under fire a lot for whatever reason, says that Christian Pulisic, who we were just talking about as well, uh, is looking, quote, pretty good to take part in tomorrow's round of 16. Of course, the knockout round after the pelvic contusion. Again, he did clarify that he did not get hit in a certain uh area that you do not want to get hit in uh, during the one nothing defeat of Iran. And, of course, he scored the goal. So good luck to the U.S. men's national team. If you just missed our conversation, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature. Meanwhile, the Caps losing in overtime last night to the Seattle Kraken 3-2. Uh, they move on uh, on their road trip. Of course, they're not back home for another week when they will take on the Kraken next Friday night. And from college football, of course, all the big news about the college football playoff expansion, but this was a little bit lost. You know how Iowa has struggled on offense so badly this year? Well, they're going to get a little shot in the arm. They're landing former Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara, who helped them get to the college football playoffs last year. He's transferring to Iowa according to his own social media post, and that's what's trending.
I think Rufio's down the hallway. Look at him. He's, he's coming back. He's got a little pep in his step. He got a little whiff of that air down there, that perfume. Yeah. Yeah, now he just spilled coffee all over the place. <laughs> Oops, I'm nervous. I'm t- uh, yeah, I bet you are. You're just <laughs> jealous that Lisa Ann follows me on Twitter. And that she remembered me when I walked in. She said, ooh, you're big sexy. Yeah. You're the rooster. Uh, you know, I'm watching watching UCLA and Stanford is at 11:30 at night is a little more important to me. But you know, it, it's great. That's the difference between us. That's the difference between us. Like Pete, Pete would watch Boise State and like the University of San Paulo at 1:30 in the morning. If there's and a me, prospect, I'm like, there's no chance. If there's a hell. prospect for the University of Sao Paulo, I mean, at one point, Oscar Schmidt was a guy that. You know, you Wait, know, is San Paulo really a thing? Sao Paulo is in Brazil. Oh, I mean, they, not impossible. They got a basketball or, or basketball team. Uh, there you go. So, uh, what did I say? San Paulo? Don't be a donk. Yeah. I don't know. San Paulo, San Quentin, San Francisco. Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo Antonio. There you go. Coached by Sao. Here comes the University of San Paulo. Coached by Sao Paulo Antonio. With or without onions? By the way. By the way, speaking of Sal Pal, yes. Obviously, I was doing basketball for Navy down in Nashville, but Army Navy Media Day was Wednesday in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and basically, Ron Jaworski could run for mayor of Philadelphia yes. and win in a landslide. I saw some pictures of that. Jaws is amazing. His enthusiasm for the city, but more importantly, embracing Army Navy as well as an ambassador. Uh, for the city. I've always loved Jaws. Love his football acumen and just great to see him be a part of that and help sell the game for the city of Philadelphia. Is Jaws our version like six and one half dozen of the other to Joe Theismann? 100%. No? Okay. 100%. That's what I thought. So yeah, I'm Joe, looking for I, I hope I get to see Jaws uh, next Saturday I, and a couple I, of my uh, I would Philadelphia imagine, buddies. I would imagine Jaws. I'm, I'd, I'd be shocked that Jimmy Shapiro doesn't have him, you know, Hopping around Radio oh, yeah. Row on Friday. Oh, so in other words, we might have him well, I mean, on our radio show. Uh, we can inquire to Shapiro about who's going to be there, and we can start to try and pick and choose. Because early in the day, you, I think early in the day, you got a, a reasonable shot to get yeah. some people. Because you, you, you're going to be not with us on Thursday because you're doing your Navy Army commit, uh, Army Navy commitments. Yes, with um, USAA. With USAA on now, Thursday. That's not to say. But Friday, you're going to be with us. We could from book you. Yeah, we could book you as part of our tour. You, we could do an interview with you as part of the tour on Thursday if you wanted. Oh, meaning where like I have you on as a guest. Yeah. Joining us now. I mean, the voice of you, Navy football, you, you ladies could, and gentlemen. Because Rich and I do it together, the Army guy. Right. So you could have us on for a segment. We could preview the game with you. We should do that. Then. Well, you you give me a time, and I'll try and slot us in there somewhere. Should I just call up Jimmy on the bat phone? Uh, you don't even have to call Jimmy. I, I I I have a direct line to the people that do the booking. Oh, okay. So look at you, Mister yeah. Direct Line. Look at, at Mister Miyagi in there. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> I mean, he's like, you know, I get uh, I get a little shout out from Kirk Cousins and he's like, oh, you know, you don't, you don't need to go through those people. I, uh, I got a direct line to the booking people. Well, I'm Mr. USAA uh, at Army Navy. So they, they put probably eight to ten million dollars into that. Uh, game. They do. So they do a tremendous they, job. They pay I'm for you. Appreci- they pay for you to sl- <laughs> sleep in a posh Philadelphia they hotel. <laughs> they do. They don't, they don't put you up in a roach motel. <laughs> I just got my reservation line. Last they night. Pay, I know where I'm staying. They pay for all that. Yeah. USAA I, cuts the check for all of that. I, like last year was my first experience. It was awesome beyond all. Now, part of it is because they treat us wonderfully, wonderfully. But it was such a great experience that I was like, you know, look, while I have one foot in the grave, I, you know, I, I'm still alive. I'm still, the blood is still pumping, baby. I got to go to as many of these as I can. And next year is up in Foxborough, right? Correct. And then it's at Here. FedEx Field. Yeah. I wonder what we'll have to get with Jimmy about doing Radio Row. Um, I wonder where we'll I get that. Well, I would probably at the Washington at the Convention, Convention Center. Center, right? Was, or, or maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe at, at like, uh, National Harbor at the Gaylord? Oh, Maybe. yes. Maybe. We're going to have to plant that seed with Jimmy yeah. right now. Yeah. MGM National Harbor or Maryland Live somewhere. Somewhere. Well, we could do Maryland Live the following year because the game's in Baltimore the following year. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay. Foxborough, Washington, Baltimore, Meadowlands, Philly. Next five years. Okay. So, And we've talked about the reason why they don't go further west is because it's people, people, a tremendous right. logistical yeah. If we adventure. go west, I'll, I'll make this prediction. If we go west, it's, it's, it's Jerry World. Ah. Jerry could have paid. Jerry's the only one I think that could afford to, okay. to, Good to pay Good for call. all of it. I was thinking San Diego because of the heavy military presence and mm-hmm. the beautiful weather, but that's that is gorgeous that's weather. a lot there. further than even Dallas. All right, touchdown at 10. Yeah. Coming up here, Brian Robinson has certainly ascended here in recent weeks in terms of production and importance as Washington gets set for the Giants. Biggest game of the year. You got a chance to get to 8-5. and five. You got a chance to affect the standings against someone directly in front of you. As we look at the top three to five most important commanders players right now as this season is shaping up for the stretch run with five games to go. You got to feel comfortable if Washington goes three and two in these five and gets to ten wins, they have a great chance to be participating in the postseason. Where is Brian Robinson? Put his name now on that list of importance of Commanders players. We get into it with you. It's your show the rest of the way, starting with touchdown at ten next, right here on the Team Nine Eighty. It's streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.